So I have a question. How are small business owners like us, who are spending 60 plus hours a week working in our businesses and are still struggling to make ends meet, who have no time to spend with family, friends, or the things we value most in life, who feel trapped inside of our businesses and it is consuming our lives? How do we get the freedom to be able to work on our businesses and not in them? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answer. My name is John Nichols, and this is Expansion Code Radio. What's up, everyone? Welcome to today's podcast. My name is John Nichols, and this is Expansion Code Radio. I'd like to welcome my guest today. He's a fantastic person, Alan Paul. Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, John. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we've been. This is a podcast that's been in the making for a while. Um, <clears throat> we've, I mean, we've we, we've had some missed opportunities, and I had to reschedule because I was sick. And I mean, there, there was just some things that. Uh, but I'm glad that we finally got together and uh, we're able to connect today. And just, um, I think we're going to have a great time today. So, well, Alan, no, go on. Sorry. No, I was going to say it's proof that it's going to be a great podcast because we we stuck with it, and <laughs> made sure it happened. So. Uh, most definitely, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of funny is that uh, people don't put enough um, uh, enough context on perseverance. It is a it is a uh, <clears throat> it is a huge huge thing. There is a um, have you ever read the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon? Actually, Hill? it's so interesting that just, I literally just added it to my to my queue on my on my books. It's one of those that I knew I should have read a long time ago. Just never took the time, so I will be reading it very soon. Yeah, it's a it's a really great book, and I think it's it's either chapter seven or chapter nine. I can't remember, um, but there's a whole chapter that talks about perseverance, and mm-hmm. um, and and then at the very end of the chapter, um, <coughs> Napoleon Hill reads an article about um, about the about the Muslim leader Muhammad and how he came to be and how he had perseverance in um, in, in in getting his faith started as a world faith. Um, mm. And so, um, but, but the thing is, but, but, but the whole thing is um, it's about perseverance. And so whenever I coach somebody <clears throat> and we get to a point of perseverance, I send them a copy of the book and I ask them, I say, what I want you to do. So, so, for, so I'm, we're not going to talk for two weeks. And I said, every day for two weeks, I want you to read this one chapter in this one book every day. Once a day for 14 days. And they're always like, well, why? I said, well, because it's a, it's a chapter on perseverance. I said, yeah. <clears throat> so, so if you can persevere for two weeks and not miss a day, there, there, there is absolutely one, unless you're in the hospital bleeding from your bleeding or something or something's wrong major, you know, there is, there's no excuse why you cannot read this. I said, it's a, it's, I think it takes 30 minutes to read the chapter or whatever it is. Maybe it just takes me 30 minutes. I don't know about everybody else. Some people maybe there are faster readers than me out there, uh, but it takes me about 30 minutes. I said, so 30 minutes out of your day, I said, I, I don't either read, read it first thing in the morning when I get up or I read it first thing before I go to sleep. And so anyhow, and if they don't do it, and, I, and here's, the, here's the key to it. Anytime during that two weeks, if you miss a day, if you're on day 13 and you skip 14, you have to start over. Right. And so, I mean, and, and I'm really serious about this stuff. And, you know, and, and I can tell when people lie to me about it and everything else. But I find it, but I find it so important that if you take the time 
and show perseverance, then when you, and after reading this chapter over and over and over, there is parts of this chapter that I absolutely hate to read through. I'm just like, oh, this part, I hate this section. And then there's other parts I love to read. <clears throat> so it's just, it's just kind of a really, really, really weird thing because they, the, my, the guest I had on before you, um, he, he's like a, he knows so much stuff about Napoleon Hill, but you know, but you'll really enjoy the book. Um, I'll give you a warning though, real quick. It was written okay. and it, it was written. It, it took uh, Napoleon Hill. Is it either 15 or 25 years? I can't remember which to write this book. It was published in 1938. So you're going to have a lot of um, old verbiage. Oh yeah, to, I was. I'm, I'm actually. I'm, I'm an old soul, so actually, I, I I like when you have to read the way people wrote uh, back in those days. I think they thought through things differently. Their language echoes like a, a slower time, in a sense, not necessarily slow like uh, in terms of intellect, but more slow in terms of thoughtful. So I'm fine with the old language, and I'm I just want to get the the wisdom inside the pages. Yeah, and um, and then there's another book too you may want to write down. It's called Outwitting the Devil. And it's mm. written by him too. And it's basically <clears throat> Napoleon Hill's basically having a conversation with the devil. And he's asking him questions on on well, you know, how do you um how do you um keep men under control in life? And he answers these questions. And so um it's a it's it's a and I don't know if you know what I mean, but I mean but Napoleon Hill was a Christian and he had, and he had all these views. And the thing is, is that after, after he wrote this book, he said, I, I can't publish this. The, the world's not ready for it. And he died in wow. 1970 and his, his wife took over his estate and she wouldn't publish it either. She says the world's not ready for it. And then the Napoleon, and then after she died, the Napoleon Hill foundation got a hold of this book and they really, and they just recently published it. And and I I have to look at the book and tell you, but um, <clears throat> it's pretty interesting that um, he wrote this book back in the I think back in the forties um, about outwitting the devil, and it it is just now being published in I mean it was like two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen, whatever it was. So it's been that yeah, I'm gonna look it up for sure. Yeah. So yeah, so we've been sitting here chit chatting for a few minutes. <laughs> tell my audience a little bit about yourself, Alan. Well, John, thanks again for letting me be on and tell, you know, a little bit about my story. I always start this off with, you know, the four words because it's very hard to put your entire life in a couple of sentences, right? So I tell people I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a musician, and I'm forgiven. So that kind of is like my, you know, tells you that I'm a husband, it tells you that I have a family that I love. I've uh, been creating in music and arts since, uh, really, since I was a kid, since the age of seven. Um, now I produce and create podcasts. I help and coach people as a creative coach in my platform, God of Gigs. And I create in uh, the music sphere as a musician performing and within my church and also outside in um, the South Florida area. So that's really just my world. I like to help people get where I got, which is keep my family intact, keep to the love things, things I love, but also love the things that I do and hopefully make a living to while you do it. So that's what I help people do in my creative coaching and my podcast and things like that. So that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, perfect. I mean, you know, the thing is, what I love about this is that, you know, you, 
you created your life around your family and you didn't let other things get involved and move that. Um, <clears throat> I talked about that in my podcast earlier is that as we grew from one UPS store to 11 UPS stores, people ask me, you know, I, I bet you work all the time. And, I, and it's, that's not true. The more businesses I accumulate, the more God gives me my time back. It's, mm. it's, it's pretty interesting um, <clears throat> how that works out. Um, and, and, and it's because it's be all because we create frameworks and systems and procedures and policies and things of this nature that it takes over having for me to manually manage everything. Now, now I just manage one person that manages all of my UPS stores. And then we got managers in all of our UPS stores. She manages all the managers. So I, so we manage one person. She manages 10 people. And then each manager manages that store. And there's anywhere from two to six people in a location. So it makes life pretty interesting. Yeah. But also a lot easier. Right. And you mentioned that, you know, you, you multiplied yourself. Um, and even as you talked about family and systems, I think about the fact that, you know, a lot of my, you know, I had my children very early in my life. I was around, you know, had the, my first three kids were here before I was 22. Well, my first three kids, my only three kids. <laughs> so I had all three before um, I was 22 or 23. And uh, so when you're young, you don't realize how much time is being, you know, is going to be uh, needed. And thank God you have the energy. But throughout our lives, as my wife and I learned each other and learned like, how are we going to flow? How are we going to handle raising these kids and become who we want to become and get them the life they want to have? We have to develop systems. I think it was James Clear in this uh, book, Atomic Habits, a really great, another great book that a lot of, uh, you know, self-help devotees and productivity devotees probably know about. And he talks about how you don't rise to the level of your talent. You fall to the level of your systems and your habits. And that's exactly what happened with us. Wherever we found a way to work things to keep a system, we had to develop it so that it kept us afloat, uh, whether it was for us homeschooling for a period of time with our kids or whether it was me coming out of the school system and then coming home to become more of like a part-time entrepreneur and everything, a creative entrepreneur. And uh, everything we developed helped our lifestyle get to where it needed to be. Uh, it was never chased the money. It was always chased the lifestyle that we wanted to live so that we could do what God blessed us to do in the best way. And that's, again, you said it, you got to build a framework. You got to know what you want, what your passion, what your what you're, what you're all about so that you can design the life that you want. And then the people you're in your family can benefit from it as well. And that, that's so true. It's, it's pretty interesting. So, um, <clears throat> Spanish Code Radio is actually a part of a bigger um, system that I'm creating to where I want to take uh, my knowledge of what I've experienced in the past and I want to teach it to people. And I've got a, got a very specific kind of a niche, and that is that I want to take small business owners that are franchise owners that have brick-and-mortar locations and help them expand into multiple locations. That's the reason why it's called expansion code. Mm. <clears throat> and there's not a, and there's very few people out there that actually specialize in this particular piece. And it's kind of interesting. I was, uh, I, I've been writing, um, 
my continuity program or membership program up. And, 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 and I whiteboard a lot. I, we, I, I showed you my new camera I had while we were off, uh, <laughs> before we got started. And, um, <clears throat> but I got this big glass whiteboard over here. And the cool thing about it is that I get up and I whiteboard all my stuff out and I do them in diagrams. And it's pretty interesting because whenever I do it that way, I'm able to visually see it. And then I take what I've wrote up on the whiteboard. I either take a picture of it or, or I get my little handy dandy journal and I right. will, and I will rewrite that diagram up because, because when I'm up there on the whiteboard, Oh, I don't like this and I'll erase it and I'll start something new or whatever. But once I get it the way I like it, <clears throat> I will do that. And the thing is, is that for me visually, um, it, um, it sets things into a nice rhythm. It's, it's, it, it's pretty interesting. Um, a really good friend of mine, Gary Chupik, he, 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 he told me something that has stood out in my life now for the past two years. And he said, <clears throat> our lives need rhythms, not balance. I'm going to say that again. Our life needs rhythms, not balance. Because if we try to do, if we try to balance stuff, it's always going to teeter one way or the other. If something little come, something little happens, right? It's going to teeter one way. It's going to teeter the other way. But if our life is in a rhythm, and being a musician, this right here should speak volumes to you. Is that is that is that now we're creating something that's going to ebb and flow, and it's and it's and it's moving. What's your thoughts on that, though? I'm, I'm just curious. I. No, I absolutely 100% co-sign. I've been using a couple of other analogies. Of course, music is a great one to describe like the ebb and flow of life. There's, uh, I know there's another great quote that says, you know, really what music is what happens in the silences. Uh, when I perform, when I create, um, you're not just making a blanket white noise. If everything was sound, sound, sound all the time, it would be like, obviously it wouldn't be fun, wouldn't be good to listen to. But if you have silences and then, this is like the ebb and flow of life. There are times when nothing's going on. Now, entrepreneurs, we all deal with this, right? I deal with this. Silence is not fun. When things are not happening, when there's not a lot of activity, it feels like, well, this is wrong. But just imagine if everything was 100% all the time, we would fail because you can't take in 100% of the customers all the time, 100% of the activity. We need times of rest. We need times to reflect. And we actually need times where there's those little downturns where we actually create the thing that's going to take me on the upturn, right? Because you need that space. And I believe the same thing is true when our, in our lives. I've used the analogy of water, right? The waves. There are times when we're riding the waves, a surfer, you talk about balance, where a surfer does have balance, right? But he's not balancing on top of the water. He has to wait for the wave. And when the wave comes, that's when he gets to the action. But before that, he's just paddling. And I think a lot of our lives, that life balance, again, I love the fact that you kind of killed that that term because balance is not what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is ride the waves, be prepared for the times when there is a lot of activity, you're ready to get on the wave. But when it's not, you're able to tread water. You're able to keep it still. You're able to focus on something else or you're able to retool. It's happened to me several times in my life where I stepped away from something entirely, stepped away from public teaching, stepped away from a full-time ministry job. Those days right before or right after that were they felt like life had, turned upside down, but it was my chance to recalibrate. So had I been worried about balance 
I would have missed those opportunities to reinvent myself and to really focus either on my family or my business. So I agree 100%. Rhythm is much better way to phrase what we do as people, as entrepreneurs, than balance. Because like you said, I love that that idea. Like even a tiny little pebble can knock you off balance. But if you're in rhythm, if you're in rhythm, it has nothing to do with how much or how little. It's it's sensing the season, sensing the time to move, sensing when to pull back and sensing when to push forward. And that's a much better way, I think, to live life other than trying to keep an artificial balance. So yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that if you're trying to if you're trying to have life, or, you know, people say <clears throat> work life balance. There, there, there is no such thing because here's the thing about no, it's it just is. life. Yeah, it's just life. That's right. Yeah, part <laughs> of it is work, part of it is non work, but it's still just life. But that's the reason why. Yep. I, so, so I work from home all the time, and the great thing about this is, is that. If I need to leave and go pick up my daughter from school, I can. I take my daughter to yeah. school every day, and I, and I and I love doing it because because now I've got <clears throat> about a twenty five minute drive with my daughter and just me and her. And and the thing is, is that sometimes we we ride in what I call comfortable silence. It's really hard yep. to find to, to be able to <clears throat> sit with someone. And not be able to just talk the entire time and just enjoy the silence and being with them without having to verbally talk to them. And during, and during those silence, see, and the thing what people don't understand is that in, well, because I've got a, I've got a point to make about silence, but <clears throat> like this morning, um, she's in eighth grade and next year she'll be a freshman in high school, but she's thinking about changing schools. And so it's, it's when I will ask her a question about something. And I asked her, I said, so man, so what school are you looking to go to, sweetheart? And then I, and then I use my silence to let this moment happen. I could ask more questions and just talk, which I love to do. But you got to know when to use silence and let her respond. And the thing is, is that in <clears throat> saying all of that, silence is really where, if you're in business, silence is where you make the money at. Because think about Very this. True. Because if, we, if we're talking about sales, whoever can stay silent the longest wins. So <clears throat> I'll give you a prime example of this. Years ago, I used to sell um, security systems. For ADT, and and I and, and so uh, and and I'm a no pressure kind of a guy. I would go in and I would and and I would I would I would do the things I was taught to do. And then at the very end, whenever I showed them what it was, the price because that's what everybody's wanting to wait. They're waiting for the price, and I would give them the price, and then I would just sit there and just be quiet. And you know. Perseverance. This is where perseverance comes in. Think about that. I have to persevere longer than they can. I have to I have to outweigh the person. <clears throat> and normally, whoever is quiet the longest will normally win. And I've and I've literally been in a cell before to where I sat there for 20 minutes. Nobody said a word. 
and then they finally broke the silence. And and during this time frame, they were just like, I mean, because I didn't I didn't go into any more sales jargon, didn't do anything else, didn't didn't try to move the process along. I just let it happen. And it was just pretty it was pretty interesting because after 20 minutes they said, okay, well, I think we need to go talk for a minute. And so the husband and wife walked into another room. They spent another 20 minutes talking. I basically sat in silence for 40 minutes. And then they came back in and were just like, okay, we're going to do it. I was like, fantastic. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's one of these things within our process of selling, in my UPS stores, of us selling shipping, um, we do this thing called the shipping cadence. And what we do is that we start the highest price shipping. And we quote that to them because what we're trying to do is that we're trying to educate the customer on how quickly we can get their item there. Because not everybody knows that you can get it there the next day. Uh, amazingly enough, it's, it's, it's a true thing. But we'll quote, quote that price and then it's our job to be quiet. We start the silence and the customer has to say whether they want to do that or not. So silence is where the money's at in sales. When it comes yeah. to sales, silence is where the money's at. That's powerful. And I, I, I agree. There was another book I was reading from another entrepreneur, one of the entertainment mogul kind of guys. And he said something about uh, basically whenever you're in a position that you're trying to get somebody's attention, the best way to get their attention is either to be silent or to speak softly. And he talked about how I think it was, uh, might have been Bruce Willis at a table with a bunch of executives. And every time Bruce Willis was about to speak, he would get into a whisper in this little noisy restaurant and everybody had to lean in to hear what Bruce Willis was about to say. And this other mogul said, you did that on purpose, didn't you? He's like, yeah, because when you force people to lean in, when you get quiet, when you're not trying to get to be the loudest person in the room, right? Now people want to know what's inside your head. What are you, what are you thinking? And I would equate that to, again, like, you know, my, my job as a creative and a, as, a, as a musician is to make people want to listen, is to provide a space where you're creating the imagination, right? You're creating something in your head that I don't have to put it there. You put it in your own head. I just give you the raw materials. So in sales, you're exactly right the same way. You've given the raw materials and the data, but now the emotional connection and the emotional decision is made to decide the customer's head. So I don't, that's not my job to try to fill it in. Like you said, I think in negotiations and in life, when you step in the gap too quickly, you, you mess up that moment. You, you lose the opportunity to let the person make the decision and to fill in the gap for themselves. And so whether it's teaching, whether it's music and everything, there's this value in silence, there's this value of just stepping back and saying, wait, I don't have to fill the gap. I've done my part. Now let me let the person I'm talking to or communicating with do their part, right? So yeah, that's a, it's a powerful concept. And I feel like these are things that don't apply just to sales or to business or to family. Even Heck, with our wives and our children, silence is golden. Like you said, riding with my son, my son's getting married in about two weeks, two or three weeks. And uh, we're riding around because he doesn't have, uh, he had a situation with his car. So he's got to drive with dad a little bit before he gets married. Trust me, every minute of the, the, that drive, I want to throw all of my wisdom about staying married and how to treat his wife and all this kind of stuff. Trust me, he's going to figure it out on his own. So a lot of those uncomfortable uh, silences you mentioned is between me and my son right now because of this little season where we get to chill out and hang out. I've done my job as best as I can as a dad for 25 years. 
So me trying to spout his brain with full of, you know, fatherly wisdom for the next two weeks is not going to make a difference. What I want to enjoy is that time. And again, let whatever I've said before sink in. That's really yeah. the value of it. So, yeah, I love it. I'm right with you all this stuff, John. You know, the, the other thing, too, is that uh, <clears throat> what people an, another piece of silence or what I call white space, which is which is the same thing. White space, mm-hmm. silence. Um, but you need to fill your calendar with some of that, too, for True. yourself. And, it, and it's for yourself. Silent time, white space time, whatever you want to call it. But it's time for yourself to where you don't have to be talking to someone else. It's it's being OK in your own skin, <clears throat> being silent. And, and, and then part of that other stuff is what we is what is we as Christians call quiet time. Spending that spending that time meditating on God's word, going through God's word. It's silent for me. But I love how God and, I, and I'm, I'm saying this on purpose intrudes in on my thoughts because mm-hmm. my thoughts are not necessarily the purest things, but God's is. And so I love it when he intrudes and interrupts my flawed thinking and my flawed thoughts and puts much better thoughts into my head. That only happens for me through my quiet time and going through his word. And the thing is, is that it's all done in silence for me. So, so, so I don't necessarily hear things and some people do, but I don't hear things, but I have these thoughts that intrude and take over, which is a great thing. And and I'm not saying that in a negative thing, because the thing about it is, is that I need a positive intrusion into my life to break up the noise. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, it's just crazy that you just mentioned thoughts because I'm actually, um, a, I'm a podcast producer on another show and, um, and, uh, the, all, one of the hosts of that show just wrote a book called clickbait. It's all about thoughts. So he equates that little thought that the negative thoughts to the clicks and that the enemy likes to put those little thoughts in our heads to get us go down the wrong path, right? The distraction, the clickbait of, you know, oh, well, what if I'm not qualified? What if this happens? The fear, and so uh, I've been helping him promote this book called, you know, about, about thoughts. And and his entire thing is about how do you make sure you think about the right things? How do you keep those right voices in your head so that you make the right choices? And of course, he's a Christian too. So he's writing about how God is really the person that comes alongside you and helps you to stay focused on the right thoughts and to not click on those uh, bad thoughts. I definitely would recommend that book to anybody who's got any issue with thought life. Because I think you said it right there is that if you are in the silence and there is that one voice that says, you know, this is the right way to do things. But then another voice says, no, 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 you shouldn't be faithful. You shouldn't be loyal. You shouldn't do things right. You shouldn't be, you should go take the shortcuts. And any of that, that voice is that click bait kind of, hey, but just like the Garden of Eden, did God really say not to eat the fruit? Did God really do this and try to get us off track? And again, that's where I think. The value of silence is knowing whose voice to listen to. Um, there's this uh, picture in my mind. That really, this is something I thought about, uh, and I was reading another book. As you can tell, we're both bibliophiles. Um, that Very much. when Jesus goes, <laughs> so when Jesus goes into this guy, um, John Mark Comer talks about in the ruthless elimination of hurry. He talks about Jesus going into the desert, right? 
And he mentions that the desert is mentioned several times, basically a quiet place, right? Where he goes into this quiet place or this desert area where and it doesn't necessarily mean like scorching hot. It just means where there's nothing else. And to me, this has been my own personal decision about silence and quiet time. I feel like the desert is anywhere where my needs become paramount and my wants become inconsequential. That's where yeah. I'm trying to get, where my needs and the things I really need, because in the desert, you're only thinking about two things. You either think about water or food, or you're thinking about shelter, the things that matter. You're not thinking about the latest Tesla in the desert. You're not thinking about the iPhone in the desert. You're not thinking about whether or not I should watch Thursday night football or watch you know, a rerun. You're thinking about the things that matter. So to me, it's about getting to that quiet place where the things I really need to do and the things I need to meditate on and the things that contemplate that I really need to contemplate, they rise to the top and everything else falls away. So that could be five o'clock in the morning and devotional. That could be two o'clock in the afternoon where I step away from my computer and say, I'm going to go outside and look at a tree and just think and contemplate and take a breath. And I love the fact that we're talking about this pausing and silences because without it, whether you're an entrepreneur, creative, musician, father, mother, Whoever you are, if you're not taking those times to step away, that noise gets louder and louder because of the activity of life. So, yeah, I, I cannot recommend enough to have a habit <clears throat> of stepping away, creating those little quiet spaces, those deserts. Again, it's not a bad thing because you're going to focus on the things that matter most. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty interesting. And I'm very intentional about where I do my quiet time at. I do my quiet time the mm-hmm. same in in the same seat at the same desk, I do my work. So what mm-hmm. am I doing? I'm bringing God into my work. It's, wow, it, it's, awesome. it's, yeah, it is an intentional thing because the thing about it is, is that anytime you start um, pulling God away from your everyday stuff, everything that you do in life, then, then you're taking away his job because his job is to provide for us, period. Yep. And <clears throat> our job is to rely upon him. He provides, we rely. And it's done through faith. And like the that. thing is, is that I intentionally do my quiet times where I work because not only am I being intentional about it, I'm inviting God into a space to where most people don't think about inviting God into. Let that sink in for a second. Very true. People think, unless you're in the ministry, besides that realm, most people don't think about inviting God into. Because the thing but is, is that God's always there. He's just wanting you to invite him into different spaces that you have and these different spaces is not physical spaces. These different spaces are spaces in your head. And I always make sure that I include a physical space. So when I know that I'm here, I know that God has me, he's influencing me. And so that's the reason why I do it here. Is because this remind this is a reminder. Me sitting here talking to you right now, Alan, is a reminder that God's in my space. Mm. I'm working right now. We are working, buddy. You know, and yep. and we are providing. 
but we're still inviting God into our space. And that's the reason why I think it's so vitally important for people to wherever they are working, physically working, do some quiet time in that space. Because when you invite God and you meditate and read his word and do these things, <clears throat> it opens up so much more because now you're not separating yourself from him. You're embracing him. So I love it. Yeah. I, I wrote my book when I wrote my devotionals, uh, with my devotional, my, my my first devotional over here, Your Art, God's Heart, the very first chapter that I wrote was from Adam and Eve, where God's like, where are you? And the thing that I've always thought about is that, I mean, God knew exactly where Adam was supposed to be, right? They, We all know that the you know, Garden of Eden was this perfect place, and yet, you know, they mess up and then they start trying to hide. And to me, that just reminds me that I have to be aware of where I am, because God knows where I am. The question is, do I know where I am? Am I putting yeah. myself in the right place? And so even in that devotional, I write about just how to make sure you're being honest about where you are. So if you are honestly scattered, if you're honestly out of focus, if you're honestly not connecting with God, if you're honestly not speaking with your family, not being open with them, there's some communications issues the first thing you got to be is honest and authenticity and just admit it. Yep, I'm here. Raise your hand. I'm I'm out of place. I'm out of focus. I'm out of play. I'm not in my word. I'm not in my quiet time. So I think it's so important that we are honest about who we are on the inside so that we can be honest with God with who we are because he already knows. And then we can be honest with everybody else because trust me, nine times out of 10, when we're not in the right place, everybody knows it. We're fooling ourselves, oh, yeah. but when we're out of, when we're out of place, like you said, John, if you're not like in that place where, you know, you've gotten your, your center and then you go out into the world, you go out into the marketplace, or even if you're working from home, you switch gears, right? We turn it on, but God is already that same place where you're at. So it's more a condition of our heart being focused. He, his presence is never in question. He's everywhere at the same time. It's where we are inside that space that we're recognizing who he is or recognizing who we are at that moment so that we can follow through with what he's asked us to do. Again, like this is one of those things that I think it applies to everybody. I mean, I wrote a book about God and gigs because I'm a musician that performs secular music, but I'm a Christian. I have to bring God with me when I perform in the nightclub. I have to bring God with me when I perform at the, with the, at the uh, wedding gig. I don't stop being who I am. I just bring him with me. And a lot of people in both, whether any kind of space, like you mentioned, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. We think there's a dividing line. But uh, the, the philosopher, um, I believe it was uh, Abraham Kuyper, said there is nothing that over which the God, the sovereign God, does not cry mine. So yep. there is no dividing line. We divide the line, but we, if we take that kind of spirit wherever we go, He just sits down with us, and we 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 perform and we operate. In that same kind of, uh, we can have that peace and joy and authority and feeling of knowing who we are without having this disconnectedness that sometimes the world puts on us. So, yeah, I agree 100%. Take this wherever you go, whether it's your quiet time or anywhere else. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting is that uh, I read this book, Marketplace Christianity, um, probably oh, 2009. The book is uh the book is um was published in two thousand four so it's been so it's been a minute, uh, but it's called mm. Marketplace Christianity by Robert Fraser. 
<coughs> Excuse me, folks. My allergies are kicking me today. But um, but basically, I love this. I love this one saying that he has in this book, and it says that um, whatever where whatever vocation you are in, that's where God has called you to share His life. Amen. And uh, you know, and and it's really it's really cool because the thing about it is is that not everybody is going to be in the ministry, okay? But we all right. are. But we all are called to be disciples. And so, so the thing is, is that, and that means in the vocation that God has given you. God, God has given me all these businesses. God's given me stewardship over the people I employ. And so, I have to be a good steward for the people I employ. And you know, and not everybody has the same beliefs as I do, and that's okay. It's not meant to be that right. way, but it is. But I, but I, but I do have a purpose, and everybody knows about my faith, even though they may not agree with it. They all know I live my life as I live my life for Jesus Christ. <coughs> and um, I think it's pr- pr- pretty cool that we're able to get off on a tangent. That is not necessarily business related, but it is kingdom related. And the thing is, is which comes Maybe back that. to, which comes back to business related, because like I just got finished saying, saying I'm a steward. And, and here's the crazy thing about it. What people don't understand about that statement. Everybody is a steward over the people in their lives. People don't understand that. And then, so my wife has stewardship over me because I'm in her life. I have stewardship over her because she's in my life. The same for my kids. They have stewardship over me. I have stewardship over them. And what this means, and what I mean by over, it means that, <clears throat> you know, John Maxwell says it the best, is that um, is that um, leadership is nothing more than influence. That there's the basic yep. definition of leadership, Right. And so everybody influences someone else. And that's what I mean by stewardship over. It's the influence I have over someone else and how someone has that over me too. We all influence everybody. It is, it is one of those fundamental things. You know, I mean, <clears throat> how many times have you learned something from your kids when they were like itty bitty, oh. like tiny? Crazy. You know, it's just crazy. And so the big thing about that is, is that um, we have to understand what our position and what our roles are in life. And and once you get that down to the basic piece of it, what the basic piece is, then you can design your life and your lifestyle around that. Very so, true. Yeah. You know, so, so I did go down a big rabbit hole today. So this this was fun though, Alan. So, no, I, I I love the I love being in a place where you know people like you who are dedicated, successful, and know who they are about. And um, I pray that over the last you know twenty five thirty years of my life that I've begun to walk in that same kind of direction of knowing who I am, what I'm about. And again, my goal is with every interaction is to lead the other person better than they were when they spoke with me. So hopefully something in this interaction, this podcast, the sharing that we've done, you've definitely left me better. I've been inspired and I've been 
educated just by rubbing shoulders with you for just a few minutes. And hopefully the audience that's been listening to this wisdom, they're gaining the same thing just by pressing play for a moment, subscribing to your show. They're gaining and they're just getting a little better. That 1% better every day is just going to make them, you know, overall their whole lives better because they, they invest in themselves and open themselves up to this kind of interaction when teaching and learning from each other. It's all about community. And so, yeah, I'm absolutely honored. And anytime you want to talk, whether it's books, faith, creativity, entrepreneurship, I would love to continue the conversation because this makes me better. Yeah, it always does. You know, Toby Mack, the, uh, the, the, the Christian artist, um, he has a saying that says, um, with, within every interaction you have with someone else, you're either giving life or taking life away. There is no neutral mm. interaction. There's no neutral interaction. You're either giving, you're taking. And so the thing is, is that um, I want to be a giver in life. I don't want to be taking. Taking is mm-hmm. the, all, all that negativity in the world and all that things that brings other people down. Those are choices that you're making. Um, whether you know it or not, those are choices. So, yeah, so that there's so there one of my favorite quotes of him. Uh, I seen him in a concert earlier this year back in February or March, whenever it was. And, um, and, and I remember him talking about that particular, um, that he, he's him saying that particular quote and going, you know, behind the story of that, you know, because his son died last year, I think. Oh, Wasn't it? What, yeah, yeah, what, I, remember, yeah. I, I don't remember exactly, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it was suicide. His son took his own life. Oh. Anyhow, so and so he was talking about that story and he was talking about giving life and taking life. So it, it was actually pretty cool. But um, and also, too, you, we, we were talking about silences and, and the things. You need to be looking forward to reading uh, uh, Think and Grow Rich because because that book is all about mindset, is all about thinking and is, is all about getting getting yourself right to have abundance in your life, to open up your, to open up yourself for abundance instead of a scarcity outlook, opening your life to abundance because abundance can come in all kinds of different ways. So, um, you, you're going to have a good read with that one. And in fact, in fact, the weird thing about a po about that one book is I've probably read it four or five. I've read it five times now. And every time I read it, um, again, I learned something new. There's something I've skipped over here, or something I've skipped over, except for the chapter on perseverance. I've read that thing way too many times because, because nah, not too. The, the, the weird thing about it is that every time I have somebody read that chapter of perseverance, I do, and I say, "Say I'm gonna read along every night with you too." So I'm gonna go through the same process as you because I'm not above you. I'm yeah. here beside you, so I'm not over you. I'm walking beside you, just like God walks beside us. Sometimes he carries me. Well, I'm telling you right now, sometimes I need a bunch of carrying. <laughs> yeah, so do we all, so do me, so do we. Well, perfect. Well, well thank you, Alan, for being on today. I mean, I, I I know I've just kind of taken over the show today and just kind of uh, got off on a tangent. <laughs> but, it, but, I mean, but I've had a blast. I don't know about you. No, I had a blast. I was, I, and again, what I'm, what I'm hoping that every listener just got was a, a, a honest conversation about what, it takes to kind of just live life, being being able to handle silence, being able to to listen in to the voices that are guiding you, even these voices that you're hearing right now. Maybe we said just one tiny thing, right? Maybe John or I said something, but no, the conversation is all about just listening closely and getting more to be in tune with who you are. 
And I just hope people, if they want to learn more about what I do, you know, they'll follow me and they'll see how I'm trying to live my life, how I'm helping creators. And that's my lane, right? That's my lane in creatives and musicians and uh, entrepreneurs and how we integrate faith and our spiritual lives with our creative lives. But it's all about living life, right? So at the end of the day, I hope you don't remember what I do. I hope you remember who I am and who I serve. So that's all it's about, John. I appreciate it. I love it. So, so folks, uh, so to all my listeners out here, um, I'm going to put um, Alan's uh, website in the notes, and then I'm going to put all the social media. He's on everything. I, and I don't see TikTok, but that's okay. I got everything else. Uh, I'm trying. Yeah, TikTok's a little too much. I try. Um, yeah, yeah. That, I can't give me I, give me give me a I pass can't do, on that one. Yeah, I can't do TikTok either. You know, it's uh, at you know, there, there there's lots of things out there I can do, but TikTok is just a little too much, at least for me. And getting my old age and everything else. But guys, all of his links will be in the notes. Go click on this stuff. Connect with um, Alan. He is such a fantastic guy. And Alan, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for sharing the wisdom that you have. John, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, folks. Well, listen, thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate you. And we will see you on the next one. Thank you so much for joining me today and listening to this episode. Hopefully, what I shared with you will help you in your business journey as we share to help others expand their minds, businesses, and profits. If this episode did help you, be sure to share it with someone else that you know that it will help. We can only achieve our mission if we share it with others and always give first. I hope I can also help you even further by sharing my resources. It is a page that contains all the digital assets we use to expand our business and to help us free up time. The great thing about this page is completely free. Just go to resources.expansioncode.com to get your free access. Thank you again for tuning in. Have a fantastic day, my friends.